Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to the first episode of a new season of Criminalia. This season we're going to be talking about sorcery over the centuries and what became of many of those who practiced. I'm Maria Tremurki. And I'm Holly Fry. So this season is going to be all about the lives and fates of those accused of witchcraft and alchemy. And just as in previous seasons, we're continuing to try to delve in and look at what really did happen, and if maybe any of these historical alleged evildoers and their activities might look a little different through our modern perspective. In this episode, we're talking about the St. Osith witches, as they're commonly referred, who were convicted of witchcraft in 1582 in England. And among those so-called witches was a woman named Ursula Kemp. Before we get into Ursula's life, let's talk about the beliefs about witchcraft during the time of the St. Osith witches and what happened in the years leading up to these alleged crimes. Back to the medieval era, Christian doctrine denied that witchcraft and witches even existed and considered the practice kind of just pagan superstition. 
It was in the 11th century when the idea of witchcraft became a problem that needed to be wiped out. It was a time when, in the Western world, priests, the growing Christianity movement, and citizens in general began to associate witchcraft with things such as heresy and pacts with the devil to gain supernatural powers. It was also a time when penalties for people found guilty for such activities were introduced. So we're going to make another jump forward in time. During the 13th century, Pope Gregory authorized that witches and heretics could be executed. It was after 1498, though, when Pope Innocent VIII, quote, gave the sanction of the church to the popular beliefs concerning witches. Basically, what that means is that he formally declared the church to confirm the existence of witchcraft. And in his declaration, he also pronounced that those guilty of practicing witchcraft should be, quote, corrected, imprisoned, punished, and chastised. And that is when a frenzy of witch hunting began. In Ursula's lifetime, the passage of the Witchcraft Act of 1563, which was also known as an act against conjurations, enchantments, and witchcrafts, under Queen Elizabeth I, is the first time indictments for homicide caused by witchcraft began to appear in the historical record. We can't overlook the influence of the Malleus Maleficarum, which translates into English as the Hammer of Witches. It is likely that we are going to reference this book throughout the season. It was written by Johann Sprenger, Dean of the University of Cologne in Germany, and Heinrich Kramer, Professor of Theology at the University of Salzburg, Austria. And it was referred to as a reference document for roughly three centuries. Pope Innocent VIII issued what was then known as the Witch Bull. It was printed under the title, the preface to the Malleus Maleficarum, in 1486, and it was regarded as the go-to handbook for recognizing, detaining, and interrogating witches. It was a legal and theological document that continued to be used far into the 18th century. This was kind of the ultimate witch-hunting manual, and it gave permission for anyone to do anything to stop them. And in it, there is a lot written about women in general, but specifically those who were midwives and the kinds of activities a midwife may practice. This will be important later on. I'm not just talking about it because. Midwives, claimed the book, had the opportunity and carried out terrible crimes. An especially common accusation was infanticide. It tells of stories of the murder of newborns as well as the unborn. It included examples of women stealing and torturing unbaptized children to use in spells. Children who weren't killed in such manners were believed to be offered to the devil. For centuries, according to the historical record, it was midwives who were most often prosecuted for witchcraft. Often in the historical record, midwives were written of as, quote, unwomanly. And, of course, not assuming all 16th century midwives are alike, Many were considered suspicious for such things as being <gasps> unmarried or for their sexual behavior. Like we were talking about earlier, that is going to be an ongoing theme this season, the ways that witchcraft and midwifery did indeed overlap. Now we have her time and place and situation. So finally, let's start talking about Ursula Kemp. Ursula was born in or around 1525 in St. Osip which is a small village in England. But here's why we brought up midwifery earlier. 
Ursula was a midwife and possibly also an herbalist and an apothecary. In addition to assisting births, she was frequently called upon by those in town to heal people who had become ill. But certain events and accusations among fellow villagers caused many to begin to suspect that Ursula may be able to heal a person, but may also be able to injure them. We are going to take a break here for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we will talk about the accusations against Ursula. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
Welcome back to Criminalia. So, was she a witch or just a victim of hysteria? Let's take a look at Ursula's trial. Ursula's story really does tell itself best through that trial. The charges brought against her had quite a range, including everything from preventing beer from brewing to causing death through the use of sorcery. If found guilty, she was going to be punished by execution. After she was accused, arrested, and charged, Ursula was put in what the villagers called the cage. The cage was actually a two-bedroom cottage, which today real estate agencies have described as, quote, the most haunted house in Essex and possibly England. In 1582, when Ursula was there, it was a medieval prison, and Ursula and a dozen other women were jailed there while awaiting trial. This is when the group became known as the St. Osith Witches. A related bit of digression, but we found some interesting modern information about the cage during our discovery phase. Modern owners have described this building as being alive and of having, quote, relentless paranormal activity. According to the UK real estate site Rightmove, though, rest easy, quote, the house has now been cleared of the many evil residents encountered over the years. A vision of a satanic-looking goat, growling moving shadows, violent rattles, drops in temperature, and visions of ghostly figures, quite often trying to push the living down the steep staircase. Okay, so let's get out of the cage and back to the witch trial. <laughs> the St. Osith witch trial was overseen by the magistrate Brian Darcy. Let's start with one of Ursula's foremost accusers in this trial, a woman named Grace Thurlow, who was also from St. Osith. Grace testified that when her son Davy fell ill, she called on Ursula for help. Davy recovered, and Grace believed that it was because of Ursula, who she also believed had cured him through her incantations. But just a few months later, the two women had an argument over how to care for Grace's infant daughter, Joan. Some stories report that the two fought when Grace refused to allow Ursula to be the infant's nurse. Soon thereafter, Joan fell from her cradle, and she tragically died of a broken neck. Grace wasn't finished with her testimony, though. There's more. Grace developed a problem with her legs and had trouble walking. When she asked for Ursula's help, Kemp agreed to offer her services, but for 12 pence. Grace agreed and she did get better, but when she did, she refused to pay Ursula, complaining she couldn't afford the cost. Again, the women argued, but this time Ursula threatened she'd get even. When Grace began to walk with difficulty a second time, she believed it was because of a spell Ursula had cast upon her. It was then that Grace, she continued in her testimony, filed a complaint with the magistrate, and an investigation into Ursula followed. That complaint made Ursula a prime target for the village's witch hunter, Brian Darcy, who, as we just mentioned, was also the local magistrate. He was her justice at her trial. So adding it all up, Grace Thurlow testified that since she and Ursula had argued, one, her son had become ill, two, she had become lame, and three, her infant daughter had died. But there was more testimony against Ursula. Another villager, Alice Leatherdale, testified that Ursula had asked her for some abrasive cleaner, or scouring sand as it would have been known, 
but Alice refused, continuing that she considered Ursula to be, quote, a naughty beast. But her testimony continued beyond that inability to share household cleaners. At a later date, she said Alice's daughter Elizabeth fell ill and died after Ursula had allegedly, quote, murmured in her direction. Alice blamed Ursula for specifically bewitching her daughter to death. Perhaps the most incriminating testimony came from Ursula's own eight-year-old son, Thomas Rabbit. Thomas wasn't expected to take the stand, but during the trial, Darcy persuaded, or I actually prefer the word coerced because it's probably more accurate, he persuaded him to testify that his mother practiced witchcraft, and Thomas agreed. He testified that she kept four familiars in their home. A familiar in Western witchery would be a small animal often said to be an an imp or a black cat or maybe a toad, which would have been given to her by the devil or possibly also another witch. Thomas described Ursula's familiars as a gray cat named Tiffin, a white lamb named Tidy, a black toad named Pygene, and a black cat named Jack. His testimony continued that he had seen his mother feed her familiars and that they enjoyed beer and cake. Well, who doesn't? Uh, He had also (laughs) seen his mother feed them her blood. Thomas confirmed that Tidy, the lamb, had indeed been sent to kill the infant Joan Thurlow and that Jack, the cat, had been sent to kill his aunt. A note about this aunt, though. She is not mentioned much at all in historical writings about Ursula. And we can't even be sure if she did or didn't exist. Thomas also testified that he had been present when a woman named Alice Newman had visited his mother. He said Ursula had given Alice a container that he believed was holding familiars, although he never did actually see its contents. He continued that the next time Alice visited his mother, she told Ursula she had used it to kill a neighboring man and his wife. Alice Newman was also one of the women on trial for witchcraft here. Perhaps ironically, because we know they were so often accused of practicing witchcraft, midwives were often brought in to discover any evidence that a woman was a witch. This was a practice that was called searching. Searching could find many clues. A mole or a birthmark, for instance, would be considered proof of a demonic pact made with the devil. There is no record that Ursula's body had any such signs that indicated her guilt. But here, perhaps, is the most interesting part of her trial. Witch hunter and magistrate Darcy claimed Ursula had made a full confession to him and in private. Maybe he promised leniency, but maybe not. Maybe there was torture. We don't know. There is no record of what happened to Ursula in this private meeting. He claimed she told him that about 10 years prior, she had experienced a, quote, lameness in her bones and had visited a local cunning woman. If you were a cunning woman or a cunning man, you were considered a folk healer who often practiced not only folk medicine, but also folk magic and divination. There, Ursula was told she had been bewitched, and she was prescribed a ritual using ingredients that included pig manure, charnel grounds from the remains of a dead body, sage, and St. John's wort to, quote, unwitch herself. She recovered, and that, she had explained, led her to providing healing services to others. 
Darcy also claimed that Ursula admitted to keeping the four familiars her son had testified about. He said that she told him that two of them were male, and they were used to kill people, and two were female, and they were used to bring about disease. She allegedly confessed that she sent her familiars to cause Grace Thurlow's condition, and that she had also used them to kill Joan Thurlow, Elizabeth Leatherdale, and her maybe not-on-the-record sister-in-law. In this alleged private conversation with Darcy, Ursula named the names of other witches, and they, in turn, named more. In total, 14 women, the St. Osseth witches, were tried for witchcraft. The accused women who stood trial were Agnes Glasscock, Alice Hunt, Alice Manfield, Alice Newman, Annis Hurd, Anne Swallow, Cicely Sellas, Elizabeth Bennett, Elizabeth Eustace, Joan Pesci, Joan Turner, Marjorie Salmon, Margaret Greville, and Ursula Kemp. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to talk about the outcome of this trial. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome back to Criminalia. Okay, let's wrap up the trial. 
and then talk about Ursula's future. When the trial ended, Ursula was sentenced to death by hanging, as was Elizabeth Bennett, who had confessed to having two familiars and was found guilty of murdering four people through witchcraft. Ursula Kemp and Elizabeth Bennett, according to resources at the St. Osseth Museum, were executed. But the fate of the other 12 women really is not known. Some are reported to have also been hanged. Some, it's suspected, may have died in prison before their execution was carried out. And others might have received a mixture of acquittals, discharges, or reprieves. But her execution was actually not the end of Ursula's life. She still lives on, or at least kind of. Four centuries later, in 1921, a man named Charlie Brooker unearthed a skeleton while digging in his yard. A skeleton that his grandson Paul would later describe as having, quote, a very long spine, pure white teeth, and nails through the elbows and knees. Brooker believed his discovery was the skeleton of Ursula Kemp. But at the time, no scientific testing of the skeleton was conducted. And, continued Paul, quote, there was a skull beneath Ursula's feet, and to the right, there was another skeleton. That second skeleton was considered to be possibly Elizabeth Bennett. First, Charlie put the skeleton on display, including added intrigue by adding those iron nails to the body. They were, he claimed, used to shackle Ursula. Later, his grandson would share that Charlie was known to embellish things. When Charlie's house burned down in either 1932 or 1933, the grave was covered up again, and this time with corrugated iron. But in 1963, the remains were once again exhumed. The Museum of Witchcraft and Magic in Cornwall, England, bought the bones, and then they were sold to the artist and book collector Robert Linkowicz. Robert kept the skeleton on display in his library. According to the Evening Herald, we quote, the skeleton was lying inside a coffin which was lined with blue material. The skeleton was laid out in the coffin with nails laid beside it at the appropriate points. It was at the far end of the library on the first floor where an indexer would work. There was nothing special about it. It was just dried out old bones. When Robert died in 2002, the skeleton was released by the trustees of his estate to a man named John Warland. It's John, who was a filmmaker, who discovered the truth about these remains as he unraveled Ursula's story for a documentary. The skeleton belonged to a young man, not to an adult woman, and the remains were reburied in 2012. So there's our future of Ursula, who is actually not the future of Ursula. Okay, Maria, that means it is time for my favorite part always, because of course we're once again going to have cocktails and mocktails this season. And this time around, we are calling our little our little corner of the world where that happens, <laughs> the cauldron. Appropriate. What I have bubbling in the cauldron, I actually almost called it unwitch yourself because I just thought that was funny. But what I'm actually calling it is the cage. <laughs> You're making us a possessed drink. <laughs> it sounds unpleasant, but I find it uh, delicious. It will trap you with deliciousness, but is otherwise harmless. However, I have a confession to make up front. One of the spirits in this concoction is 
kind of expensive. So I try not to do that and I won't do it often. But in this case, I wanted to do something that kind of linked it thematically with these concepts of both midwifery, which involved some, you know, medicinal administration and witchcraft, which also, you know, kind of sometimes invokes the use of herbs and do something that was a little herbaceous. That meant that I used chartreuse. If you don't know about chartreuse, boy, are you in for a treat. (laughs) It is a liqueur that is said to contain 130 different herbal components. This is made by Carthusian monks according to a recipe that they were given in 1605. Still made the same way today although they didn't actually start making it until the 1730s. It's one of those things that there are very few people who know how it's made. There's not a ton of it made. That's why it's expensive. If you're like me, look out because you're going to really love it. And then you're going to have a taste for an expensive liqueur. So this is the cage. It is one ounce of vodka. I actually used a potato vodka here and that was super smooth and perfect. One ounce of green chartreuse, because you can also get a yellow version that's a little bit sweeter and lighter, but go with the green here because it has that heavier herbaceous flavor. One ounce of black tea, brewed however it is you like to do it. And then one half to three ounces of vanilla syrup, depending on how much sweetness you like. And you're going to shake this all together and pour it into a chilled Again, it's always a chilled coop with me. I'm very predictable. (laughs) Um, It's herbal and it's complex. And one of the beautiful things about chartreuse is that on your palate, it kind of does a little flavor shift naturally where it starts out with that very herbaceous kick and then different people perceive it differently. But for me, it has like a little um, spicy, almost smoky, earthy flavor at the finish. And so you get that with all these other things because neither the vodka nor the black tea really mess with that much. They just kind of round it out and give it some more volume. It's absolutely delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It's herbal and complex. And that seemed for the start of our season on witchcraft and alchemy, like the best way to go. So that is the cage. If you want to do mocktail version with no alcohol, it's a little tricky to approximate, but here's what I would do. I did this myself and I enjoyed it. It didn't taste quite the same, but it was still yummy. I just subbed it out since it's a basic one, two, three of one ounce of each of the components. I did one ounce of black tea and then I used two different herbal teas in lieu of the vodka and the chartreuse. And that way you're getting a few more notes. And I think you can use any herbal tea you want to try. I did one that was a licorice and one that was an orange and put all those together. And that was pretty interesting. Those flavors go great together. The vanilla set it off really nicely. So that's super yummy. You can do that again. I chill it. So you'll, you'll brew your teas and then let them cool off and then it makes more work, but you get all those different flavors coming together and having a party and it's quite lovely. So that is the cage, which again, hopefully only traps you in deliciousness. Did I go looking to see if the cage was available for purchase? Yes, of course. No, it is not. It is not. It was on the market for like eight years, but then somebody bought it and it wasn't me. It looked to me like it had been on the market for quite a while um, after a woman sold it because she claimed that blood seeped through the wall for no reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
There's a reason why she wants to leave. I understand. I actually think there is a reason for that. <laughs> Being a person whose home is currently getting some updates because it <laughs> has, is nowhere near that old, but has some issues just from being a house in the world. Yeah. I think there's probably some mineral or something that's trapped in the walls or even like a, um, you know, something that grows like a mildewy thing. I think right. that's probably what's afoot. Yeah. I can't be scared by the cage. I looked at it and tried to buy it. I didn't really try to buy it. I don't have that kind of money to throw around. But, you but thought about look. it. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you have enjoyed this first foray into witches and alchemy. There is so much more to come. And we will be right back here next week with it on Criminalia. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise. Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. 
Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.